Yes, we're open. Living Faith with Needham UCC, a sermon podcast from the Congregational Church of Needham United Church of Christ, where no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you're invited and welcome. Our sermon for today, Sunday, February 6th, 2022, is entitled Catching Feelings. It's a reflection on a reading from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to find out more about our open and affirming ministries at the Congregational Church of Needham, United Church of Christ, simply head over to our website, www.needhamucc.org. Thank you. Our scripture reading today comes from the New Testament, from the Gospels, from the Gospel according to Luke, chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. Let's listen together for a living word from God for us in these words from Luke 5. Once, while Jesus was standing beside the lake of Gennesaret, also called Galilee, and the crowd was pressing in on him to hear the word of God, he saw two boats there at the shore of the lake. The fishermen had gone out of them and were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked Simon to put out a little way from the shore. Then he sat down and taught the crowds from the boat. When he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep water and let down your nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we have worked all night long, but have caught nothing. Yet if you say so, I will let down the nets. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their nets were beginning to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats with fish so that they began to sink. But when Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees saying, Go away from me, Lord, for I am a sinful man. For he and all who were with him were amazed at the catch of fish that they had taken. So also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. Then Jesus said to Simon, Do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching people. When they had brought their boats to shore, they left everything and followed Jesus. Friends, God is still speaking to the world and to us. May our hearts be open to listen, receive, and respond. Amen. If you grew up in church or going to Sunday school or even were just church adjacent in some way, you may be familiar with this story or pieces of it may sound familiar. It is a common story in the Gospels. In fact, it's found here in Luke, but also in Matthew and in Mark. 
It's interesting to note, though, that Luke puts the story here, locates it at the beginning of his version of the gospel story. In order to help us understand who Jesus is and what Jesus is up to in his ministry and what God is up to in Jesus. Pulling together threads of several different stories, in fact, from the tradition, Luke tells us that once again, Jesus is teaching to a crowd of people, which so far in Luke's gospel has proved challenging, as at Nazareth, where the crowd was so incensed at Jesus' teaching, they tried to throw him off a cliff. This crowd along the shore of the lake appears to be more receptive as they are pressing in on him in order to hear him, to be near him, to touch him even. But that presents its own kind of risk and challenge. There were some fishermen, Simon Peter, James, and John, sitting nearby on the sand, dejected after a long night of fruitless fishing left now only with the tedious work of repairing, untangling, and washing their nets and preparing to use them again with nothing to show for their efforts so far. Jesus turns to them and asks Simon to row him a little ways out onto the water to give him a healthy distance from the overeager crowd and an escape route out into deeper water once he's done. That's how Simon came to hear Jesus preach the gospel good news for the first time, sitting at his feet in the little boat bobbing on the waves. But friends, as we all know, there is a world of difference between hearing and listening, between letting something wash over you and having it sink in. After he was done speaking and they were safely away out on the lake, Jesus turned to Simon and said, why don't you try your nets again? Simon protests half-heartedly, feeling like a failure. He rehearses their night's failure. Sir, I don't know how much you know about fishing, but we've just worked all night and caught nothing. But he's too tired, body and soul, to put up much resistance. And with a roll of his eyes, we can read aloud in the text, as much as for this stranger's strange request as for his own sense of hopelessness and his inability to say no, Simon says, but sure, why not? If you say so, I will let down the nets Again, expecting exactly nothing, he goes through the motions once more, unrolling the nets he'd only just rolled up, hurling them out onto the water, hauling in hand over hand on the wet and slimy line. But this time, instead of slipping easily, empty through the water, the line tugs at his hand. The sudden unexpected resistance forces him to brace himself against the gunnels and put his back into drawing in the net. But even that's not enough. 
So he calls out over the water to James and John and the others to come help. And working together, the two boats haul in the net, now groaning, filled almost to breaking with gleaming silver fish that spill over into the bottom of the boat, which by now is so weighted down and riding so low in the water that it's sloshing over the sides, threatening to swamp them completely. But the men are laughing. Bone tired as they are in body, mind, and soul, they laugh to be near drowning in the fish that had utterly eluded them earlier. Like the nets in their hands, they're surprised to find their spirits filled to bursting as well. And the, the what exactly? Not just simple happiness, but the joy, the wonder, the awe, and more than a little existential fear at the sheer uncanny impossibility of it all. It all overflows in barks of nervous laughter as they struggle to deal with their miraculous catch. It's Simon Peter who first makes the connection to Jesus. He can't say just how he knows or even exactly what he knows, but he knows that he knows. It's not just about the fish, but about the impossible made possible. About the abundance of it all in a world of scarcity, a scarcity of resources, sure, but also a scarcity of famine, of meaning, of purpose, of connection. It's as though he's been paddling about, splashing in the shallows his entire life. But this stranger, this man has called him out into the deep, deep waters. Simon stands there, his hands stinging with the salt and the effort. He has the obviously irrational, but also completely real feeling that the nets are full, not just of fish, but of everything, literally everything. That if he could follow the right strand of rope in the net out far enough, he would find that he is connected to everything and everyone in the world, in all of creation. And that he himself isn't standing outside watching, but he himself is caught up in the net with them too, with everything all together, raw and wriggling, struggling and failing and succeeding, living, dying, being. This man, this Jesus sitting there inconspicuously in the back of the boat, He is somehow sitting so close to the center of it all that he and the center are almost indistinguishable. His outline blurred bright as against the magnificence of the sun. Somewhere in the depths of his heart, Simon remembers a Bible verse he learned as a child. A verse from the prophet Isaiah brought into sudden 
sharp focus for him now. The words of the prophet when he came face to face with the divine at the heart of the world that was calling him. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lofty. And just the hem of God's robe filled the whole of the temple. And the air was filled with strange angels. And the pillars and doorways shook. And I said, woe is me. I am lost. For I am just a mortal, a creature. And I live among mortals. Yet my eyes have seen the creator, the Lord of hosts. Peter's own sense of, if not sinfulness or moral failure exactly, but of frailty, of weakness, or better, of of partialness and disconnection in a world of partialness and disconnection. That sense in the face of such overwhelmingly present wholeness and connection, it drove Simon Peter, to his knees. Paradoxically, he almost couldn't stand the love that was threatening to swamp the small boat of his heart. And so he didn't stand. He knelt at Jesus' feet and wept till he felt a hand on his shoulder. Then his cheek Lifting his face until he was face to face, eye to eye with Jesus. Who looked at him and spoke the words he needed most to hear. Do not be afraid. From now on, your life is more than just your little boat and your own tiny backyard. From now on, the horizon of your concern is more than just this little lake, but the whole wide world. From now on, your work is more than just catching fish. But catching people awake out of their sleepwalking lives, catching them alive out of their bondage to sin and death, sin and systems of sin. And allowing yourself to be caught up with them. Tangled up with them. Inseparable for love. Even as I am caught up with you. When the sobs that had racked Simon Peter's body subsided. And despite the long fruitless labors of the night. And the strange, unexpected events of the day and the cold lake water sloshing around his feet, a warmth filled him. Filled him with peace, with purpose, with curiosity, with courage to leave behind the nets and the boat and all the comfortably familiar discomforts of his life up to that point. To see where this man 
in this new way might lead. And so, friends, if you've heard the word of God preached here today, remember to give all honor and glory to our one God, creator, Christ, and Holy Spirit. Amen.